0: We are warriors!
1: Yeah, about that.
0: Well, it certainly is good to be back on the show with you, Joshua. Uh, I'm Zach Griffin. With me is Joshua Hester. We are the hosts of Bearing Up, the podcast on Christian encouragement, focusing on Uh, encouraging all Christians, uh, particularly those who are involved themselves in ministry. Um, But we hope to be an encouragement to you today. Uh, How are you doing, man?
1: Man, I'm doing great today. It's an awesome day. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I have a question to kind of start things off with. You know, we are warriors, and we're going to talk about that today, being conquerors. Um, and what that means, what it looks like for us to be conquering like Christ. Um, but I wanted to ask you what your favorite war movie is. Uh,
1: that's a very good question. Um,
0: (laughs) that's a hard question. I feel like there's so many good ones.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I like, um, there's an old black and white movie called Sergeant York. And it's the story of a man who, um, originally is like a heathen living in like the Appalachian Mountains and he's like a bad guy and then he comes to Christ and he finds Jesus and then World War One hits and he decides that you know it's against he thinks it is against his religion you know to go and, and kill people and you know he's finally forced to go into the military, and, <clears throat> you know, through acts of desperation, you know, he, he saves, um, like, his, his regiment, or his company that he's in, um, I don't, I don't know how big those, like, battalion, or regiment, or, you know, I don't know how many men are in each of those, but <laughs> he, he saves his group of men, um, and it's a, it's a real, like, success story, And he comes home like a war hero, and, Um, that's that's my favorite old one. My favorite new one is, is, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Two. Is, (laughs) um, is Battleship. I think it's a really cool, Battleship. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a really cool movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, um, Emily and I, we, we really like the World War II stuff. Uh, both of us have, we've really bonded over World War II documentaries and war things. And we watched, um, uh enemy at the gates uh which is a really good movie about stalingrad and like they're they're trying to you know hold the fortress down while the nazis are trying to come in uh so you have the red army versus the nazis which is kind of a part like america we we want we want to focus on like d day and like the you know moving moving uh eastward right to germany versus that all, all that other stuff, which is cool, and then we forget about the, the what happened all in the Pacific too. Um, you know, after Pearl Harbor, we watched a movie called um, um, Midway, you know, about the Battle of Midway, and it was really good. Uh, so I, I those are ones that I've liked recently that I've really enjoyed. Uh, and I, the reason why I bring this up is because like when we think about conquerors, uh, like the word conqueror, you think about you know the kind of things that make up a conqueror what makes a good conqueror you might think of uh the great ones of of the world you know alexander the great you might think about you know the the roman empire and the expansion of their empire you might think of attila the hun and and the mongols and their you know and you might think about the crusades and you know what made them the conquerors that they were that conquered the lands and you might even think about the british empire and and the way that they settled a lot of the world and and colonized a lot of the world um but uh, we're gonna break this up today and we're gonna ask how christ conquered and based off of that we're going to ask how we will conquer because it looks a lot different than what we find in the world um so much of what we find in god's word is Like the opposite of what you expect you know like it's you know he he does things in a way that we don't think um, and conquering you know works this way Um, so let's ask how how Christ conquered Um, and uh, there's a passage 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verses 9 and 10 it talks about how our salvation Is something that we don't earn, but it was manifested in Christ Jesus. And then the text says, this is what the New American Standard says, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So according to that text, how did he conquer death or abolish death? What was it in? How did he bring life? Where did this great victory come from? How did he bring immortality to light? Well, the simple answer, you know, according to this verse is what?
1: Through the gospel. gospel.
0: Yeah, through the gospel. So what is that, right? (laughs) Well, what is the gospel of Christ? You know, and, and when I think about the gospel of Christ, there's so many places that we can look to. We can look at the four gospel accounts. We can look at, you know, the gospel according to Paul is what I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The first few verses there that's been attributed as that, you know, the short condensed summary of the gospel. You know, he came, you know, and he, you know, he died, was buried and was raised. You know, that work, right, is the gospel of Christ. So in the gospel, he abolished death. He brought life he brought immortality to light you know he was a conqueror through that um one of the things that is so beautiful to me in the book of revelation which is i don't i don't want to sound pretentious when i say it's one of my favorite books <laughs> uh cuz like whose whose favorite book is revelation uh it's not my favorite but i i it really enjoyed it because It's a book on encouragement is what a revelation is. Uh, And it's supposed to be an encouragement. And so like one of the themes in revelation is, is like there's a difference between what you hear and what you see. Right. So John hears the number 144,000, right? But what does he turn and see? Do you remember? He he hears 144,000 but he turns and he sees a nation of people or a group of people made up of every nation, every language that could not be numbered. That's true. Right. And, and I think it's uh, revelation chapter four, chapter five, where John is, is upset and he's crying because nobody can open this scroll. And one of the elders grabs him and says, look, the Lion of Judah, you know it's you know this lion that, that's come. He is worthy to to do this. And John looks, and do you remember what he sees? sees Jesus. Well, he sees a lamb that looks as though it's been slaughtered. Right. So he's he hears, look, it's the lion. He's worthy. He can open the scroll. And he turns, and he sees the lamb. Like, with his neck slit, basically. Like, it's a, it's a slaughtered lamb for sacrifice. And he's alive, and he's walking around. You know, and he approaches, and he opens the scroll. And it, so it's like, how in what way is Jesus a lion? By being the sacrifice of the lamb. They're one and the same. It's, it's not, he's a lion over here, and then he's a lamb sometimes. It's that he is the lion because he is the lamb, right? Uh, look, there's the lion. It doesn't look like a lion to me, but what did he do? You know, he is the king. You know, he is the the conqueror in, in what he did, right? So to help us see this even further, um, I want us to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through Through 11 and verse 5 says have this attitude in yourselves which is also in christ jesus so you know in in the passage the context is we're studying through philippians right now um here in moultrie is you know we are every everything in the book of philippians goes back to verses 6 through 11 you know this is jesus and what he did and our attitude and the way that we approach life, we approach ministry, we approach our, you know, abundance and our, and our uh, poverty and our strengths, our weaknesses, you know, we approach all of it with this mind that was in Christ, which we'll kind of get into a little bit later, but we want to see what Christ did. <laughs> um, And so if, if you don't mind reading that, you've got, you've got the ESV mm-hmm. in front of you. Yeah. Why don't you read that verses 6 through 11, Philippians chapter 2.
1: Alright. <clears throat> Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of, of a servant, being born in the likeness of and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed him on the name that is above every name so that so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father
0: okay so looking at that text Joshua um so we just read second Timothy chapter 1 9 and 10 Or we read verse ten. Really, you know, he abolished death and brought life and immortality, immortality, to light through the gospel. So, as you looking through that, as you're looking through that, and just skimming through, what words pop out to you that show how he went about performing the gospel, or fulfilling the gospel what are some like words and things that that pop out as far as the way that he did it like the attitude perhaps well
1: verse verse seven you know um but emptied himself taking the form of a servant um and you know just just that whole the all of six and seven um you know who though was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Um, you know, being yeah. being up in heaven, being being a spiritual, spiritual being, and lowering himself to be like you and me.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, it's... Colossians chapter one says he's the inv- he's the image of the invisible God, who, who created all things, <laughs> you know, and all things exist for him and through him and by him, you know, like he's the creator of of everything, you know, and then he like he left heaven, you know, he left being, you know, this supreme spiritual omnipresent. Uh, being and took the form of the creation that he made, right? To be like, it's interesting to me. Have you heard about the the uh, the analogy of the Flatlanders to describe dimensions?
1: <laughs> no, I have So, it,
0: so, so there's there's it's a, like a scientific theory, and it's it's talking about like the different dimensions, right? So you imagine a world where it's a 2d plane like a like a sheet of paper right and like they can move left and right up and down but there's no depth they and they can't imagine what that depth is so like if you were to take a piece of paper and like a strip of paper and twist it and and glue, glue it together and you pretend that an ant is like a little flatlander he's he's just a part of that that line and he can't understand depth for him, it would be like he's walking on a flat plane forever. And it's just flat because he can't imagine the, the, the depth, right? There's, there's a whole nother realm. There's a whole nother perception that is beyond the two dimensional and it's the three dimensional. Right. And so like Christ existed in a realm greater than he created us and we can't even fathom what it's like to be in heaven we can't even fathom what it's like to be outside of time cuz he created that he created time and he created you know the space that we live in and he created the heavens and the earth at the very beginning and so like he's outside of all that and then he did not count it a quality a thing to be grasped you know, when we have good things, we don't hold on to them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to let this go. <laughs> if this is mine, and I don't want to lose it. And but that wasn't his attitude. He he, you know, emptied himself, and so that's a that's a a really awesome part about the attitude of Christ and the way that he accomplished the gospel even before he came to the earth. But. Yeah, looking I mean, through that
1: well no go ahead I'm, I'm thinking about you know we talk about you know all the things that that we want to hold on to that we don't want to mm-hmm. lose or i mean think about you know maybe we have a job or a relationship or someone that we want to hold on to i can't imagine how little that compares to what Jesus actually had living in heaven yeah. that he could have held on to. Um,
0: like we wouldn't give up heaven for anything. Like yeah. that's that's where we want to go. We'll do whatever it takes, you know. No. Like where we wanna be. And like we don't ever want to come back here. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah, and that's you know, yeah. Yeah, and
1: think about like physically what he had to lose by coming, you know, or what he had to experience. What he not only yeah. did he have to leave heaven, but he had to experience the lowest of the low of, of humans you know
0: yeah he took the form of a bond servant he didn't take the form of a you know a like how many of the jews expected him to come like a physical king that was high and mighty above all people you know somebody that kind of looked like david you know uh they were kind of expecting somebody that was like that but he didn't come like that he came like a bond servant so he left all of that You know to be the lowest of the low and and that kind of leads into the attitude that he had on on the earth so there was an attitude in leaving heaven but there is the attitude on earth and so looking at verse 8 what are the words that pop out there to you about the way that he went about the gospel
1: i mean for sure uh, becoming obedient to the point of death um, but it doesn't. But Paul doesn't stop there, even death on a cross. You know, yeah. Um, you know, he, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, but not just death. Yeah. Not just death <laughs> on a cross,
0: <laughs> right? It's not just you know. It was, It's the most excruciating, most humiliating form of torture that they could. They did in the time. You know. Uh, you know, reserved for the criminal reserved for those who needed to be humiliated for their actions you know um you know that that death but he approached it he didn't approach it kicking and screaming you know isaiah 53 you know and he, he approached it like a lamb to the slaughter paul says here he humbled himself and was obedient by becoming obedient so the conquering that jesus did was in humility and obedience you know that doesn't seem like like the leader the leader the conqueror is somebody that you know he knows his worth and he knows how strong he is and he puts people in their place and he leads with an iron fist. And he says. This is within my control. And you will bow to me. You know you will bow to me. And everyone that I will conquer over. They will bow to me. And they are going to do this. Through their submission to me. And Jesus says. Nope. I'm going to conquer by my submission. To the plan. To God's plan. Um, that's the way. That he conquered and that's the way if we think about it that's the way that god has always conquered he's always conquered that way uh you know if we look back in the old testament the way that god conquered different nations and you know god's people were were led and how they were led in in faith right i've listed a couple of things here you might can think of a couple more maybe um but when uh, Moses had to raise his hands when they were in battle, and what happened when you know, his hands got lowered, right? they started losing, and so he had to raise his hands. So it wasn't, even, it wasn't in their ability. It was whether or not they were being obedient to God and, and having faith that God was going to you know, bring them out. And then Jericho, the very first city that Joshua the Conqueror, and i call him joshua the conqueror because like he was the one you know you're gonna lead them in and you're gonna conquer the land of canaan so the very first city that they go to jericho how do they conquer it you know by having the greatest battlements to defeat the the, this massive impenetrable wall you know do they you know they do the um the iliad thing or the odyssey thing yeah it was the iliad you know did they do the you know, Trojan horse. Is that how they got into Jericho to defeat them? You know, was it their skill and their cunning?
1: They just put on their walking shoes.
0: They put on their walking shoes, yeah. And I mean, they, they did what God asked them to do, and they had faith that all of that walking around, which seemed like pointless, you know, what is that going to do? God did it. God, God defeated Jericho. God, you know, defeated... The, you know, the Amalekites. And then you've got Gideon, which is probably one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is Is Gideon because you find this cowardly man hiding in a hole and God calls him a mighty man of valor and then narrows down an army of 300 to go against the camp of the Midianites and it's just God God defeated them. And it was in the humility and trust that they had in God to follow his plan and be obedient to him and in his ways. It was through faith that they conquered and Christ conquered the same way. So when we, when we see all of that strange stuff that happens in the old Testament, it's like, wow, this is a really strange way. You know, if you want to go to battle, you want to get as many people as you want, right? You want to have as many mighty men of valor as possible. And God says to Gideon, that's too many. Yeah. And then he narrows it down. He says, That's too many again. <laughs> you need to get a smaller number of people so that you'll win. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what? I mean, like, yeah. He's like, I... he's like, You know what? All those spears and swords and all of that stuff that you have, why don't you put that aside and here, grab this torch and put it in a vase? <laughs>
0: Get your get your ram's horns and your torches and light up single file on the horizon.
1: That that'll get them right there. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man. And, but I mean, like it's it's just so absurd that you know on a tactical conquering standpoint to go about things in that way. But that's how God did it, and and that's what we find with Christ too. He conquered through humble submission and faithful obedience to the father and so after the mid-roll we're going to talk about what that means for us Um, so we're going to take a quick break and and see you know this is the way that Christ conquered now how will we how are how are we to conquer we thank you so much for watching or listening today Uh, please be sure to tune in if you want to watch the show on YouTube Facebook or rumble Um, Please like share you know, hit that rumble button uh, that's a cool feature they have um, so those are the places you can watch it you can also listen on uh, Spotify Apple podcast anywhere that you uh, listen to podcast we really appreciate the support uh, and again comment and like on these things because when you do those algorithms or whatever they they make it to where other people can see this too so that is a big help to us. We want to thank the Ministry League for partnering with us. Uh, they have a fantastic app. Um, so please check out the Ministry League app. And there's so much on there and you'll, you'll be busy looking at all the resources uh, if you check that out. So do that. Uh, also, there's another way that you can support us and also get some fantastic apparel um, and mugs and all kinds of things. Uh, you can go to the bearing up shop and we don't like to ask for money Um, and so we want to offer a good quality product uh, something that you can do to support support our work Uh, and that's what that's for Uh, that every bit of that goes into um, to this this work this channel this um, you know this podcast and it makes it to where we can reach other people um, so that is, that is our goal with, with that. We're not making a profit at all. Um, it's just to help us with uh, trying to, to spread the news about our work. Uh, so we thank you for uh, your support with that, uh, the support and watching and listening today. We hope this is an encouraging episode for you and we'll get back to more and answer this question about how we so how will we conquer right that's the question that we have before us we've understood now that Christ he came in you know in emptying himself and in full submission and obedience humility you know he came in faith and trusting the father Um, so how will we conquer Um, first Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57 says but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that should be a passage that we just, we read that and there's a sigh of relief. Because the victory is not ours. It's Christ. It's, it's given to us so how do we conquer well in a way we don't really have to because christ did it you know he he gives us the victory you know you're given the win through our lord jesus christ and so we can thank god for that we can thank him we can uh respond in that way uh because he he gives that to us um and what does that look like though you know how does god give us the victory is there really anything that we have to do um you know some people say no there's not anything you you, do, you have to do you know god gives the victory therefore you don't have to do anything and and there's the universalist things like even people that don't even love god they're going to be saved because you know because of god's love and and that that idea is unscriptural there are things that we ought to do. Um, James, or not James, John, chapter 11, uh, verses 25 and 26. Uh, Jesus, he's talking to Martha at Lazarus, after Lazarus has died and he's been, he's been buried. Uh, the scripture says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And he asked her, do you believe in this? And that's the question for us too. So, if we, if we live and believe in Jesus, and I don't want to separate those two things because Jesus didn't separate those two things. He, he, he said those two things everyone who lives and believes in me we live in christ we believe in christ they will never die Um. so there is something we've got to do we've got to believe we've got to have faith uh, in in that savior in that christ um, how important is belief joshua how important it is how important is it for us to have faith in christ
1: well it's the i mean it is the it's the base it's the foundation it's it's where everything starts um, without belief or faith um, you know nothing can happen um, in our relationship you know in our relationship with Jesus Christ like you know, if I don't believe my wife, you know, if I, if I thought that she wasn't real <laughs> or if I didn't believe in her <laughs> or have faith in her as a person, we wouldn't have much of a relationship. So, um, you know, I wouldn't talk to her. Uh, she wouldn't talk to me. Um, you know, I wouldn't give to her. I mean, it's the same basis with us and God. You know, if there's no belief, there's no faith, and then there's there's nothing
0: um, no relationship yeah like if, if, if that's how the things were between you and Morgan, you know there wouldn't be a, a marriage maybe there's the legal you know document or whatever that you have or maybe there's that you know like you're covenantly bound but there's no marriage there because you don't have belief you don't there's no relationship um, and yeah we have no marriage with God if there's no belief there's no faith. And, and marriage with God means salvation. You know, so we have no salvation either. We don't have, we don't have forgiveness of our sins without belief. We don't have uh, the hope of heaven without belief. We don't have, we don't have anything uh, without belief. Um, and this leads me to First um, John chapter 5. Um, and it talks about this belief. And it talks about the victory um, both of these things together um, and it's kind of like to me it's a combination of what we've read in First Corinthians 15 and John chapter 11 you know one of them talks about the victory in Christ the other one talks about the one who lives and believes First John 5 verses 1 through 4 shows us what that looks like um, the New American Standard Bible says whoever believes That Jesus is the Christ is born of God and whoever loves the father loves the child born to him by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments that kind of sounds like live and believe to me Um, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome for whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith that's the victory you know christ brings the victory he gives us the victory but what is it about that what how do we obtain that how is it that we take hold of that victory because i mean and i love the analogy of like being given a present you know when it comes to the grace of god you know like you can be handed a gift a wrapped gift but how can you enjoy that gift unless you you take the wrapping paper off and you get your scissors and, or your knife and you cut the tape off so that you can open up the box and pull the thing out and enjoy whatever that is because you could take that gift that that box gift and not do anything just hold it in your hand and say thank you but I'm not going to enjoy it unless I do something else with it, right? And that's 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 what faith is. Faith is more than just belief. There is there's trust, there's obedience, there's a longing for God that comes with faith. And I think that's connected well here in what Jesus says or what John says. Uh, concerning Jesus who he who believes in Jesus that he is the Christ is born of God then he said by this we know that we love the children of God we love God observe his commandments this is the love of God that we keep his commandments his commandments are not burdensome there's a there's a connection between obedience and faith which is the same as what Jesus did when he conquered yeah he came in faith and trust in the Father, in humility and obedience. And so we conquer just like He does. And we do so primarily in faith.
1: A good analogy that I've heard is, um, let's say I say to you, Zach, Zach, I've got $5 million for you. All you have to do is drive to my house and pick it up. Okay? Mm -hmm. So... That's all you have to do is drive to my house and come and pick it up and it's all yours. So right. you driving to my house, you've not earned five million dollars by driving to my house. <laughs> but but you've done, you've taken you've taken the steps that you've needed to to acquire that gift that's been given to you. Um, it's not okay. it's not deserving, but there are steps needed to attain to attain the gift.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like I have five, what'd you say? Five million.
1: Yeah.
0: Ooh. Yeah. I don't, I
1: don't, but (laughs) yeah. Okay. Well, I'll drive there. (laughs) Yeah. No,
0: but, uh, you know, to say this five million is yours. Like it's, it's given to you. Like this is the gift. This is yours. You can have it. By saying that, you've already shown that it's not something that you deserve. And that's what God does. He says, the salvation is yours. You know, this is a gift. Salvation is a gift. You know, we've got uh, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in, in Christ Jesus. What we earned is death. It's the wages of sin. Wages... That's what we earn. But then the gift, eternal life in Christ Jesus, yes. So, but to get the $5 million, you're right. I've got to, there's, and we could break it down into several things. I have to get in my car. I have to make sure I've got the gas. (laughs) You know, I have to drive. I have to figure out where to go. My path has to be set up. I have to know how to travel because if I start going some other direction, I'm not going to get there. Right. If I start heading towards, you know, Emily's or if I start headed toward my parents' house, you know, I'm not gonna get to your place. Um, you know, and then I have to go up there, get out of my car, knock on the door, and take it out of your hand. You know, like all there's all these little pieces that, that come into this and that looks like obedience to, to God's word. What is it? For this is the love of God. That we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. So, we might think, "Oh, do we really have to be required to do anything?" Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, God didn't call us to be lazy and to say, "Oh, thank you for the gift. We're not going to do anything now." And... <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's there's a calling. There's a calling, and and in fact. The conquering is done in faith. But it's still a battle. It's still a battle. Like, yes, there's the victory which comes through Christ, but we still have a battle to face. Why else would Paul say in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Every one of those things he puts together, he, he, he takes the fighting he takes the finishing, the course, the race, or whatever you want to call it. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we call it a race. We run the race with endurance that is set before us, looking where? Looking to Jesus. What is that? That's faith, right? So, so all of this, you know, we're running with endurance. We, we take off the weights, and we lay aside the sin, and we walk in his way. We run in his way. And where's our eyes, where are I set? In faith in Christ. I fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I've kept the faith. It's all working together. It's all uh, unified in this effort that we have, which is done in response to the gift. We have the gift that comes, the victory that comes through Christ. We are given it. And we respond in that by saying, the Lord is my way. I'm going to seek after him and to be faithful to him. Faithful. Isn't that an interesting word? Faithful. What does what a faithful person look like? If faith, if faith is simply belief, what does a faithful person look like?
1: It would have to be someone. Do uh, you just switch the words around and they're full of... Faith. They are im they are immersed. They they are surrounded by they are filled with
0: Yeah. But but how would you describe a faithful person? What do they look like?
1: Oh, some someone that someone that's that their faith is displayed in their actions. That, yeah. Their <laughs> their faith is it evident. Is,
0: it, Right. It's the James 2 thing, right? You know, faith without works. What is it? Is it useless? It's dead? You know, is it really faith at all? You know, if if there's not the accompaniment of a life that is signaled by the heart that is for Christ, right? It's, it's what's on the inside produces that which is on the outside, what we can see. And it's not so that we can see. It's not it's not so that we can show our, you know, our efforts to other people. Um, it's, it's to display what God has done in us, in our hearts, outward to God, because we're faithful to him. <laughs> we're, and that looks like obedience. That looks like following after his ways. It looks like humble submission, humbling ourselves in obedience. Which we read before in Philippians chapter two, the mind of Christ. Yeah, um, no. I've got one other passage, and then we can we can just kind of go wherever you want to go if you want to expand on this a little no. bit more. Uh, did you have something you were going to say?
1: Well, I, I'm just thinking about the word conquer. When I think about the word yeah. conquer, um, Alexander conquered the known world. When you conquer some something like it is, it's finished. Like, it's done. Um, it's it's not an ongoing process. Um, you can say, I'm conquering something, uh, which means you're in the middle of it. But once you've conquered something, <clears throat> that's it. So thinking about us conquering, us personally conquering, I guess the moment that we truly conquer is the day that we go be with God. Um... That's when it's yeah. That's when it's finished. Um, going back to, you know, First Timothy or Second Timothy four and verse seven. You know, if we have already conquered, you know, there's no need to fight. There's no need to run. Or there's no need to race. Um, yeah. Jesus has conquered, and He's put us in a position to where we have. It is a hundred percent surety that we will conquer. Um, yeah. One of my one of the college age kids here described it as imagine imagine you're in a boxing ring and you're you know you're duking it out with someone and then in the middle of the in the middle of, <coughs> excuse me in the middle of the match you get a coach and the coach says hey as long as you try like as long as you keep on boxing i will ensure that you win the match like there's a 100% guarantee that you will win <laughs> Um, yeah. He says, you know, all you have to do is keep boxing. And and that's and that's how it is for us. All we have to do is keep fighting and keep running, and we have yeah. a 100% surety that we're going to win.
0: <laughs> that's incredible. Like cuz like if you if that happened in the real world, like you'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> like how can you be so sure? How 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 can there be this assurance? That if I just keep fighting. I'm going to win no matter what. Like. But but that's. That's how incredible this is. That's how incredible. A relationship with God can be. To have the assurance. And we can. We can have assurance. Of of heaven. Because it's not something that we earn. It's something that's given to us. And in that we respond in, in faith. And we live. And we just keep fighting. We, we fight like we're supposed to fight. And I'm just going to read this. I don't want to talk about it so much because there is something else I want to talk about now. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just going to read this, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. And hopefully, if you're just listening, that you'll find the application, that you'll just see it in the text. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So a a faith that endures. Then he says, um, and though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. So I want to talk about that so bad because it's, I mean, it's, look at it, look, look at the text and see what the scripture says about an enduring faith and where your heart is and what the outcome is. From having an enduring faith. About where your heart is. And what the outcome of that is. So that's all I want to say about that. If you want to talk. If you want to say something about it. You're welcome to. Joshua. I want to move on to something else. But.
1: Yeah. Well, let's move uh, on. Yeah. Okay. Hit me with So
0: it. Conquer. Conquer. There is. There are a couple things that are said and I didn't expect to talk about Revelation as much as I, I have today because this is the second time and it's not anywhere in my notes. You're <laughs> just a Revelation guy. I am. But chapters 2 and chapter 3 are the letters to the seven churches. And they're probably the most familiar of any of the passages in Revelation. Um, to most people in the church but have we dialed in on all of the things in those passages in every one of those letters that are the same because there's one particular thing that said at the very end of every one of those little miniature letters to the one that conquers or To the one that overcomes. And it's really the idea idea is the same. The overcomer, you know, the, the conqueror. Every single one of those churches had to conquer something. But look at the content of those letters and you'll see that their conquering, each one of them, looked a little bit different. What did Ephesus have to do? ephesus had to return to their first love the love that they had at first um what did uh smyrna have to do they had to persevere and not uh not fear what they were about to suffer not fear the imprisonment and the testing that they were going to have to do and the tribulation that they were going to find they were going to have to be faithful unto death. They were going to be given a crown of life. The one who overcomes, he says, will not be hurt by the second death. What did Pergamum have to do? They had to overcome by turning aside the doctrines of Balaam and Balak, of the Nicolaitans. They had to put aside the, uh, the food that was sacrificed to idols they had to put all these things away from them and repent. What did Thyatira have to do? They had to repent of their the uh, the tolerance of the woman Jezebel and her adultery. And they had to put all of that aside. Um, what did Sardis have to do? What did Philadelphia have to do? What did Laodicea have to do? You know, each one of them had certain things that they had to work on. That they had to do, and and how does Jesus respond with all of these? The one who conquers, the one who overcomes. You know, you're going to not be hurt by the second death. Uh, You're going to be written in the book of life. Uh, You are going to um, have the name of your of of God on you, the name of the city of God on you. You're going to be given a stone. That has a new name on it which nobody knows but the one who receives it. Uh, you're going to be, you know, each one of these they're being told something about heaven, they're being told something about the victory and what they will receive in that in the grace of God, um, as an outcome of their faith. And it's just like, what do I have to conquer? I know. That whatever I have to conquer in my life Will be done In the strength Which is available to me in Christ You know it's the You know Philippians 3 14 right Philippians 3 14 Is that what it is
1: 4 13 Philippians 4
0: 13 4 13 Yep Yeah. I do all things through Christ who strengthens me Right I like that word strengthens Dunamis the dynamite (laughs) but but what do i have to conquer in my personal life and i'd like for us to all see this as application for all of us as christians but keeping with the idea of of supporting and encouraging fellow ministers what is getting in the way of you fighting the good fight as a minister of the lord's church you know what is getting in the way of what is bearing down on your soul because you are one of the people that is it's so difficult to encourage that's what we're doing this podcast right part part one of the reasons uh because sometimes you feel alone and sometimes you feel like you can't talk to people because you're supposed to be you're supposed to be the preacher you're supposed to be the minister you're supposed to be perfect you know right and there's all these expectations that you have on you and and you can get so concerned with other people's souls that you're not even concerned with your own soul and what, what is keeping you from fighting the good fight? You know what? What is the thing that you have to conquer, like these these churches? And maybe maybe you're doing well in your faith and you're doing good, but that doesn't mean the fight's over. We have to keep going. So, I totally monopolized this episode. No, so no, I'm going to give you no, I'm time to talk about, and I'm about, on whatever you
1: want. Well, I'm thinking about a race now, and. Um, <clears throat> You know, Christians were all running. I'm thinking almost, you know, a race like the Boston Marathon. You know, we're all we're a bunch of people. You know, we're in congregations of people. You know, that are all running the same race. And as as ministers, um, as you know, all of us, if we someone that's see someone that's fallen or see someone that's slowing down, you know, we we pick them up. We, you know, give them words of encouragement to keep running this race. Um, and as ministers, we spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of time, you know, encouraging other people. So I've, I've looked up in my race and I've, I've realized that I've spent so much time encouraging other people that I haven't moved along in my own race, that, that I've slowed down so much. Um, so in my, so in my mind, this podcast is almost like, um, you know, the little tables that they have with like Gatorade or water, you know, beside races, this podcast (laughs) is almost like, here you go, here, here's, here's something refreshing, you know, to help, to help keep you going, to keep you moving forward. Um,
0: that's what it's been for me too. So
1: yeah, hopefully, hopefully this, this episode, this podcast is a little, little cup of red to keep you keep you going in your race.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um yeah, I I I do apologize I kind of I feel like I monopolized this uh, you know, this episode a little bit, but um I I do appreciate your input though, Joshua, and and uh, I think we've had some good discussion. Hey, sometimes I just get on it and I'm like, "Oh, I'm on a roll. I got to got to get this out." <laughs> it's like you're a
1: preacher. It's like you're a preacher or something. Yeah.
0: Oh jeez! No. I hope I didn't sound preachy today.
1: No, it um, was good. I maybe I did.
0: I mean, be all right.
1: I hope hope everyone's all right. learned <laughs> and been encouraged. I've I've been encouraged by you today, for sure. So
0: well, I and I've been encouraged by you. You've come up with some great illustrations um, to kind of describe some of the things that I'm thinking. You just you bring it. You bring it to a level I feel like people understand. So I, I'm really glad that. Uh, that you've been on with me today, Joshua. And and we look forward to next time. Uh, We look forward to um, uh, the next episode that we have with y'all. And we thank you so much for listening today. Um, Again, we both hope that uh, you've been encouraged by this. But please don't go away. Joshua is going to close us with a prayer and stick around for that servant spotlight uh, and be encouraged by that. Uh, That's one of the reasons why we do that. Not just to encourage the people that we spotlight, uh, but for you to be encouraged uh, by individuals that are doing the work of God. So, uh, let's go ahead and we'll do we'll do those things: prayer and then the service by Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Let's pray together. Our Lord and our God, we want to thank you for today. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you conquered. That you conquered everything. And that you've given us hope that we can conquer, that we can conquer death and conquer sin with you. I'm thankful, thankful that you're with us, that you encourage us as we race, as we strive towards, towards you. And I'm thankful that us as Christians, we have each other to help pick one another up when we fall, that we can keep moving towards you. Thank you for Zach. Thank you for bearing up. Um, just thank you for everything. It's in Amen. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So service spotlight today has to go has to go to my wife, Morgan, today. Um, um, we've we've had a lot of transition a lot of things happening in our lives, and she has been an, ama- an amazing encouragement to me. Um, and, in a, you know, I, I, am, <clears throat> I am a paid minister, but she's not. But she puts it upon herself to, to encourage and to minister even more than I, even more than me sometimes. Um and I see that and I see that in her. So today's servant spotlight has to go to my wife Morgan. So You're so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I thought about it, I was like, man, it's like cheesy, you know, but it, it's gotta go to her. So so yeah. Um
0: That's okay. It just can't be every time. No, it's not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I've got my one in for a while, yeah. Um, well Zach, I've enjoyed this conversation with you today. Me too. So, and everybody else right. listening, I'm thankful that, that you decided to listen to our conversation as well.
0: Yep. Thanks for watching.